Well, we came to Christ initially by looking to him, looking to the gospel and living, but that does not negate the fact that even though we're Christians, we still need to look to him to live. The life that he has, the life that proceeds from him to you and I, will be, as it says, give us this day our daily or needful bread that comes to us, that, that we, we can see it. The Lord opens up himself, or the word, and the light, and the life comes forth. And then, of course, it's up to us uh, on a daily basis to take from him our daily bread, our needful bread, what we need, not what we necessarily want or what we may think we need, but looking to him to live and receiving that needful bread. Now, last week, let's begin uh, just this one verse in Matthew 5. Matthew 5, verse 48, very familiar portion of Scripture. It says, Therefore you, sh-, and, and the King James says, Be therefore perfect as your Father in heaven uh, is perfect. And the New King James reads, Therefore you shall be perfect. And this is actually not a present tense verb here. This is a future tense verb, which means that you shall be perfect, or the word here is teleos, T-E-L-E-I-O-U-S, I believe it is. Do I have that here somewhere? T-E-L-E-I-O-S, T-E-L-E-I-O-S, and that word there we see many times in the King James and the New King James, and I don't know about some of the other translations, it translates that word perfect. The New King James trans- translated, translates it uh, many times as mature. So that particular word we'll get to in a minute. But here he says here, therefore uh, you shall be, or you could say you shall become perfect, future tense. And he's talking about a maturity in the character of the Lord, I believe, or maturity in the virtues of Jesus Christ that he so wants to work in your life and in my life to the greatest degree that he can. Now, this was upon the heart of Paul also, and we'll look at that later if we get to it. In Colossians, he says basically the same thing, and he wants to see the church come from this stage of infancy to begin to move on to perfection. And I probably should do this to clarify this a little. There's another Greek word that we're not even going to pronounce, but it's translated many of the times in the Bible is grow or growth. And then you have teleos, and this is the word perfect, English word, or the, the word maturity or mature. So when you deal with this particular word, growth, you're talking about a process. Whereas, let's say you would have a baby, and the baby is born, and now you give the child what it needs. It's an infant. You feed it milk. Then you, you start to feed it cereal and so forth. And then there is a development. So there is a natural, and I, I guess in all correct 
or proper growth will always point to and end in maturity. Now, of course, things can interrupt that. And, and you even see that in the natural where some people become dwarfs and so forth, all kinds of things going on uh, in their body, and they never develop physically. They never mature physically. And then you also can see that in the realm of someone's mental faculties, where for whatever reason, maybe a chemical imbalance or whatever it may be, there is not the proper growth, hence there's never an adulthood the way it should be, a maturity. So the growth is always talking about a process for you, for me, for, for any Christian. Now, to bring us over here to where we are perfect and mature as Christians, it, it's not just a one, thi one particular thing. There's many things that come to bear in your life and, and in my life that will bring us there. That is, if we walk with God and we begin to uh, walk in the Spirit and allow Him to work and develop what He wants in us personally. So we're never going to reach this point over here just by, just to say, for example, if we don't have dedication or if in our heart we have other interests than the Lord, other interests than spiritual things. Um, so the Lord desires that, that we make the proper um, journey. You know, that's why he comes and there's actually a Greek word that I find in a couple of different places that talks about how you and I as a Christian, at times he has to come and tweak or adjust or do whatever you know, he does to get us where we should be to continue this proper and correct growth, which is to result and will result in the maturity that we should have. Now, in Matthew, uh, I gave you a couple examples last week. In the Lord's Prayer, we call it the Lord's Prayer, it's, it, Jesus said, in this way or in this manner, pray. The word prayer there is pros sukumai, and that means, the word sukumai means um, to have a wish or desire, but pros being the uh, preposition means toward. So the whole tenor or the whole thing about the Lord's Prayer is not the words. Now, we know that there are denominations that recite that prayer over and over and over again. Jesus wasn't talking about that. The preposition there in that, that verse, it's like, where is it? Okay, verse 9 of chapter 6 in Matthew. In this manner, therefore, pray. The word prayer in English. The preposition is telling us that there is a poise of the heart in this, and that is what is the, the most important thing in the Lord's Prayer. Not the Lord's Prayer and all the different things about the thy kingdom come and all that. That's all true. But the poise of the heart must be right toward the Lord, the Father, or toward Jesus, so that the rest of that, the fulfillment of that, is, is brought about because of the poise of the heart. 
So if you don't have the poise of the heart, it's just a, a useless traditional prayer. Even as, even as a Christian, it doesn't do you any good. If you pray it and pray it, it doesn't do any good. So the poise of the heart is, is what's going to bring a person to maturity. Not praying the prayer or any other things. That's going to point them. See, that's what makes the journey here correct. That's what makes the, um, the growth occur the way it's supposed to. So we reach the, the place of perfection or maturity, the poise of the heart. And then you see Jesus also say this in Matthew, in the Sermon on the Mount. He says that if your eye is single or if your eye is good, then your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is evil or if it's bad uh, or if it's tainted, so to speak, by the flesh, then what you take in is not going to help you in this process of growth. It's going to hinder that. And, and many times what you see with Christians, and I, I don't care how long a person's been a Christian, it doesn't matter if they've been a Christian for a year or 40 or 50 years, that's not the issue. See, the, the, we're dealing with spiritual things, and in spirit, a person can not develop. They can be stunted in their growth, and they can become a spiritual dwarf instead of becoming a man or a woman of God. So this whole process that the Lord puts us through in our walk with him is important, and it is to bring us to the place of maturity. And then also in Matthew 19, we know this, that Jesus says to the rich young ruler, he says, if thou wilt be perfect, or if, if you're going to be mature and develop in certain characteristics. So you need to detach yourself from your money, from what you have, take up your cross and follow me. So that is another key thing, that in our heart we are to be detached from any, it doesn't matter what it is, but we have to be detached from that if we are going to make the proper journey here and progress to maturity. And then the last example I gave you is in Romans 2, where it talks about um, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that if you and I or any Christian is conformed to this world. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to the nightclubs and they're, they're doing this and that and the other thing. It's talking about <clears throat> that in their heart, they have a certain poise, and it's not prosukamai, not toward the Lord. Uh, it's not toward uh, what the Lord is desiring and wanting. Rather, it's, it's in another direction toward the world, and they are going to be conformed to what they are seeing or beholding because that's just a spiritual, it's a spiritual law, what I see. You know, everybody's being conformed to something. doesn't matter if you're a Christian or you're not a Christian. So people in the world are being conformed to those that they hold in high esteem, uh, and they are uh, looking to their idols or to some material idol that now has their view spiritually, not with their physical eyes only, but a spiritual 
uh, mindset or a spiritual poise, a spiritual direction, and because of that, they are going to be conformed to some, something much different than being conformed to Jesus Christ. So these things that sometimes we don't even think about are very, very important. Now let's go to 1 Peter. This is a very familiar portion of Scripture. Now we're going to leave off this thought here of growth, and we're going to move over to this, uh, this word here, perfect uh, or mature. Now we're dealing with this, this Greek word uh, teleos here, and it's in this verse, 1 Peter 2, verse 2 and 3. As newborn babes desire the pure milk or the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. So, there, there's, we're going to get bogged. If I, I, there's other things I want to bring in here, but we'll just get too bogged up. So, in this verse here, you see that there is to be a desire as a young Christian. And even as you are older also, that desire doesn't leave that desire actually increases over the years. It should increase over the years. But nonetheless, there is a desire here in this verse that is to move you in this direction to desire the pure milk of the Word. Why are you and I to desire the pure milk of the Word? That, or for this reason, that you may grow, teleos, by that. And then he goes on, indeed, if you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So uh, the Lord will give an individual, when they come in, first off, right away, he gives them that desire. Something that when you receive Christ, if, if, all, if that is right in a person, and there's a sincerity there, the Lord puts this desire in the heart. Now, just like any desire, if the desire is acted upon, or maybe a better way to say it is, if, if we feed our desire, then that will not die. It will, it will become stronger and stronger and stronger. Now, when I became a Christian, uh, you know, the Lord saved me. <laughs> it was quite a work of the Lord. And immediately I had this draw to the Word of God, and that night the Lord spoke to me through His Word. Clearly, I, it's like... I knew nothing, but I knew that right off the bat. And so the Lord put that desire in my heart, and I spent much time reading the Bible. I didn't really understand a lot. didn't even understand why I was spending so much time reading the Bible till later. So the Lord puts that desire in us, all of us. And we can either feed that, or we can just let that thing go, and what takes place is it becomes less and less and less and less. And hence you see so many Christians even today who are not serving the Lord. They have no interest for church, no interest for the scriptures or Jesus or anything. Oh, they accepted Christ, uh, who knows when. But because they didn't do something with that desire to strengthen that, they just... You know, and we all know people like that. And so the Lord wants you and I to come along further than we are. See, so when I was a young Christian, I didn't know a whole lot, but yet 
I knew that the word of God was feeding something in me because I just couldn't get enough of it. I had to read and read and read and stop and think about it, read again, to the point where I was coming home from work and I was spending, I would eat at five, around 5.15, I'd get a shower, I'd rest for maybe 10, 15 minutes, and between 6 and 6.30, I was in my room with the Bible open and reading till like 9 o'clock at night, every night. And the Lord put in me this hunger for Him. And so if, if we don't have that the way we used to, then we need to take a stop, couple steps back and say, Lord, what is it that I need to do to help bring that back into my life? And I believe many times it's just spending time with Him and sitting here and you know, reading the Bible. There's no substitute for the Bible. So anyway, the word growth in this verse means to enlarge or to increase in size. So Peter says, I, I want to see you increase. So the way you're going to do that is you are going to have to have this desire for the pure milk of the word. Then you'll begin to grow and continue on. Now, let me read two other verses. Turn to Matthew 13. Now, this verse here is in 2 Peter. It says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, once again, you see this, that uh, Peter uh, had this desire that the people or the other Christians would grow in grace and grow in the knowledge uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ, that they would come in, they would mature in grace, or um, you could say that they would become uh, complete, that grace would have a finished work in you know, area after area after area in their life. And then a very familiar portion of Scripture, Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. The word increase, I believe it's teleos, and it's talking about that God is going to bring whoever you know, to maturity. All right, now in, in Matthew 13, this is where we are to be as Christians. Um, well, I'll say, maybe I said that wrong. Let's say it this way. This is where we are, we are to become what we're going to read here in this verse. In Matthew 13, verse 32. Or verse 31, another parable he put forth uh, to them saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man uh, took and sowed in the field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. See, the Lord has put the seed of the word of God into you. And you know Jesus said that if, if the seed does not die, it won't bring forth the crop that he's after or that he wants. So he says that this mustard seed, mustard seed is indeed is the least of all the seeds, but when it is grown, teleos, when it's mature, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. So <clears throat> if there is a proper development in your life and in my life, 
And we're moving along with the Lord. And, and we're in this process and we're growing. There will come a point at which we are either approaching maturity or we have matured uh, in our walk. Uh, not that we have arrived or anything, but that we're developed enough to where now the birds of the field can nest or lodge in our branches. Because that seed has gone through this growth and it has shot up and now it shoots all these branches out and it becomes bigger than any herb of the field. Very big, mustard seed. Very tiny little thing. And so that's a picture of where we are to, to be or to become that in our development so that now we're not always in need of being ministered to, we can start to minister to other people either on an individual basis or collectively, however the Lord you know, uses us. But see, that's not an automatic thing just because I'm a Christian or you're a Christian. That's not an automatic thing. You have to walk with God. You have to be in this process, and it takes time. It's not a five-year thing. I don't even believe it's a 10-year thing. I believe it's a, a long-term thing to where... The Lord brings you to a place where now you are developed enough where other people can lodge in your branches, so to speak, and you can feed them and you can nourish them and you can help them, you can point them in the right direction. Uh, you can, you can have, have this heart poised toward the Lord and they, they can you know, see that and follow that and you can direct them to him. So I believe that that whole thing is, is on the heart of the Lord and I see it all over the place in the scriptures. Now, even, even when you come to this word, now there's not that many places in the New Testament where this word's used, but when I was looking at this, you can see it, it doesn't use the, the word growth in, in, along with this word. Uh, it may be in a couple places. But most of the time, it doesn't. But yet, when you look at what's going on, you get the picture of what's going on uh, the context of that, you will see that there is growth involved in that. Now, I don't know if I have a good example for you or not, but we'll look at that maybe in, let me see here. Well, we'll get to that, uh, that in a minute. Let's go to Hebrews, Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5.14. Now, the King James says, uh, but meat belongs to those who are of full age, um, the New King James says, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age. And I believe that that full age is this word um, teleos. So you see here, solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good or evil. So... In, in this verse, but solid food belongs to those who are full. You see again, going back to what Peter said, that um, to desire the sincere milk of the word, okay, that's going to bring a person along to a place where they can have solid food or meat. So once again, in this portion of scripture, uh, even though it uses this Greek word, you can still see the process. There's a process moving here. Let me read that from 
Well, let's just go to verse uh, 13. I want to read that from the New King James and also from the Amplified. But everyone who partakes only of milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Now, uh, let me read this from the, the Amplified. For everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously inexperienced and unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness of conformity to the divine will and purpose, thought, and action. For he is a mere infant, not able to talk yet. So he's, I believe the context here, yes, in verse 12, it says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers. So he's saying that you have not grown and developed and become of full age, perfect, mature, teleos. You have not been in this growth process correctly so that there is something there now that others can, that you can speak, you can give, and others can draw, draw from. You, they can't lodge in your branches. He says that you, you have need of milk, not solid food. So there's, he's, he's telling you here, the writer to the Hebrews is telling you that there has not been the proper development in these people. You know, when I said that earlier, that's backed up by Scripture, that you can have someone who is underdeveloped or they, they become a, a spiritually a dwarf. That they're just, they do not develop spiritually. When the time has come, you should be teachers. You should be, you should be, you should be. But what has happened? Well, you need milk now, not solid food. Why? Let's see, because there has not been the proper development for whatever reason, be it an evil eye or whatever it may be. No poise toward the Lord, whatever it may be. Could be, could be different things. But the point being that there wasn't the development to bring them on toward maturity so that now they could be teachers. So as I said earlier, because we're Christians, is no guarantee that we're going to be developed the way we should in, in Christ. There's no guarantee there. Now, there's a guarantee if we walk with God. It's, it's a sure thing. And it's not talking about your biblical knowledge. It's talking about your spirit. There is a development in your spirit. Not whether you know where everything is in the Bible or not. Now in uh, Philippians, Philippians 3, verse 15. Therefore let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. Well, what mind's that? Let us have this mind. Those of us who are mature should have a certain type of thinking. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. Well, what mind are you talking about? Well, we'll look at verse 13. Brethren, I do not count myself at, uh, to have apprehended. We, I, I do not count myself as I have arrived or I have possessed. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward uh, to those things which are ahead. And that reaching forward, <clears throat> I didn't look this up, but I, I'm pretty sure that's a participle. And if it is, uh, that means that there is to be a continual thing in our heart and life to reach forward. To what? Reaching forward to what? To reaching forward 
to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. See, so there is a reaching forward to possess what I have been possessed for. You know, to come into certain characteristics of Christ uh, and, and so forth. Reaching forth to Him. Reaching forth to Him. A continual thing in my heart. Reaching forth to the Lord. Reaching forth to Him. So that He can keep me in the process to develop me and you the way He should. Now in 1 Corinthians 14... 1 Corinthians 14, verse 20. Brethren, do not be children in understanding. However, in malice, or what does he mean by malice? Having, uh, having thoughts or having these strong desires of hostility, you know, like... You, you get towards certain people or you can get towards certain people that you don't like or people that rub you the wrong way. Let me finish this verse. Do not be uh, ch um, children in understanding, however, in malice or, or don't strongly dislike other people or whomever. In malice, be as babes, and that word babes is infants. So when you get a little, little child, a baby, what malice do they hold toward anybody around them? You know, you hold them, you give them to somebody else to hold them, and, oh, they look at them, they're so cute. What hatred do they have? What, what do they hold against? They hold nothing. They're just like oblivious to it all. Well, that's the way we're to be. That's the way we're to be. We are to be not children in understanding, but in this strong dislike for other people or whatever it may be, uh, those feelings that come on. Uh, in, in, in that, be babes, be like an infant. But in understanding, be teleos, be mature. And he's not talking, again, about biblical understanding per se. He's talking about a knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. A, a knowledge of him. Okay, let's move on. We're going to skip one. Uh, let's go to James. James chapter 1, verse 4. Familiar portion of scripture. But let patience have its perfect work. That's teleos. It's in, there, it's in this verse twice. That you may be teleos, and complete, lacking nothing. So let me read it again. But let patience have its, its perfect work. Now he's talking about the context of this is testing. The testing that the Lord brings to you and I as we walk with him. Not because we're not walking with him. The testing comes because we are walking with him. Okay? Knowing that the trying or the testing of your faith produce Patience or endurance. But let patience or endurance have its perfect work. So that, that there is a completeness there that you may be mature. Now that means just what it says in English. It may be possible. That's a subjunctive mood verb. verb. It means it's possible, but it's not necessarily a sure thing. That you may be perfect and complete, 
lacking nothing in, in that test. You, you, know, you have what you need. So once again here in this verse, you, you see not only where you are to become, you know, where you, what you're to become, the, 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 the final point there of becoming perfect, but you can also see that there is a process of growth and that's going to occur as you go in and out of tests and, and that's just one example, one example. And then in James 3.2, For we are all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man or he's a mature man. If he's not stumbling in word, and that's talking about saying things that we shouldn't say. You know, how things come out of our mouth real quick. If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man or woman, able to bridle the whole body. So, so the, what comes out of our lips, what we say, if the Lord can harness that, or put it this way, the harnessing will not come before a person is developed. So all the things that you said, you know, when you were younger and as you're, you're moving on, the Lord knows that we haven't developed the way we should yet, if you understand what I'm saying. He sees that. He knows. But there should come a time whenever certain things don't come out of our mouth anymore and, and we can harness that. Well, the same is a mature person, Christian. Okay, Ephesians. Now, in these verses I've been reading is this Greek word, by the way, teleos. I've been pointing that out. And it's also here in Ephesians 4, verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect or mature, complete, complete in virtue or in godly character, perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now let's back up. The gifts that God gives in the church are to bring Christians to maturity. That's another method. There's various things. It's not just one thing. Tests, there's all kinds of things. But as far as what is to move and function in the body, in the church, God has ordained the gifts of the, of, of, of the Lord that he gives to us, all of us, to do this, to help us in that direction. Verse 11, and he gave some to be apostles. See, apostles are gifts. And some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for, for the reason of equipping the saints for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. Twofold thing, not just the ministry, but also here uh, for the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ. Now, what's he talking about there? What's the mean, the, the building up? So I have my little grandchild, and when we feed her snack, 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 snack. <laughs> she knows what she wants and needs. Well, what's taking place there? 
well, there's a building up of her body. And you can see that over the last year. She's much bigger than she used to be. Well, the gifts that God puts in the church here uh, are for the work of the ministry and for the building up of the body. Not just the working of the ministry, not just you know, doing things out there, which is good, it's all part of it. Not just that, but also a development of each individual member of the body to bring them to maturity. That's, the, that's one of the purposes. So when you have a pastor, a teacher, an evangelist, whoever, one of the things that is to come out from them, that is, well, that which the Lord brings out, if it's right, will have that effect on people. And we're talking about spiritual things here. It will cause them to develop, help them develop, help them in the process so that they can mature. Then he goes on, <clears throat> now until we all come into the unity of the faith. See, this is done to bring unity. What's unity? Well, take you as an individual. There is a unity called your body, where all you have all these different members. You have fingers, hands, feet, legs, you know, shoulders, head. All, he's just describing the body. Okay, it's all brought. The Lord, when he created you a physical being, he created a unit, or there is a unity of members in your physical body. Okay? That is to occur with you and I on the spiritual level to where the Lord develops you, he develops me, he develops the next person. And when we're around and we function in what the Lord has for us to function in, then there is this nourishment and there's all these different things that come out of different people that move together into this unit called the church to bring them on to maturity and development. So that's how that, that whole thing works. That we should no longer be children, verse 14. See, you're, not, you're supposed to come out of that. Move on. Tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, and so on and so forth. So once again, in, in these verses, you not only see the thought of maturity, you can, I can see, anyway, you can see the, the development there that has to, to come forth, the growth that's all involved in this. In, uh, go back to Philippians a minute. Now, we looked at verse 13 and 14, but let's just read before that here uh, in chapter 3, verse 9. Because if you see here in these preceding verses, it's talking about the growth and all that. And be found in him. See, that's, that's where we're to be. Not having our own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in, in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I might know him. See, this is a poise of the heart of, of Paul. He wants to know the Lord. It's not talking about initial salvation. Paul was saved. That I might know him. That's to be the, the desire and the poise of your heart and my heart and the power of his resurrection. Now, the power of God being at work 
in you and I is what's going to bring us from where we are to a place of development. That I might know in the powers of resurrection and the fellowship of suffering be conformed to his death if by any means I attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. Not that I'm already there, complete. But I press on that I may lay hold on that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. He apprehended me. Same thing, lay hold, same word. Brother, and I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those, which are, those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. That's our thinking. That's what it should be. So the Lord wants to work and continue to work with you and I to bring us on so that there is a constant growth, constant development here with us, so that you and I will develop to a place of maturity to where now we have the work of the ministry and the giving to the body. Everything is right. You can shoot out your branches because now the Lord has, has worked in you, brought you to a, a point through growth that you have something and he gives you the opportunity now to give that so there the, 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 the shoots the branches are out there and now you can function in what the Lord has developed you and called you to so these words I like to use the Greek words because when you see certain uh, words the, the uh, prepositions in that and you look at them it really starts to open up a verse to show us what's going on. Oh, okay, now there's, there's maturity. Okay, what else is involved in that? Well, you look around the context of, of that word in so many places, and you see this here. You don't see the word necessarily, but you see there's a growth there. The Lord has it all laid out. We need to sit down and read and, and just be before him, allow him to teach us, Allow him to feed us so that we can develop. Don't take things for granted reading your Bible. And don't think that, oh, well, I don't really need to read the Bible because I'll just go to church. I'll hear messages at church. Well, going to church and hear messages at church is good. But that's not the whole thing. The Lord wants you, you, desire, 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 the unpolluted, the pure milk of the word, that you may grow by that.